What's up, everybody? Welcome to Spoken Thoughts Raw and Uncut Podcast. This yes, is Colby Castillo. This is Phil. Mm. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Trying to fight to hold that one back, huh? God and this damn. is John. <laughs> For once Struggling over there. in five episodes, we did not hear about Philip claiming to be the most handsome one. So this is probably going to be the best episode that we have yet. So uh, now is when we're going to have you guys vote, okay? Like, <laughs> look at our faces, okay? Everybody, on the count of three, strike your best pose. Three, two, one. Okay. Now you guys judge. <laughs> you guys judge. <laughs> Who you guys think? <laughs> Based off of that pose. Is the most handsome. <laughs> Let's open up. Let's go into the three fire quotes of the week that we got. I will open up with my quote of the week. Um, I found this again. This is probably a recurring theme. Jay Shetty. Um, he posted this on his IG. Obviously, Philip and I follow him a lot. We love his content. But the quote that he posted was, winning doesn't always mean being first. Winning means you're doing better than you've done before. And the quote is from Bonnie Blair. And I just chose this quote just because um, I had a pretty good week this week. Um, last week was pretty terrible for me as far as mentally, physically, personally, and professionally. But this week has definitely been better. And I definitely take that as a win. And I think when you notice the progress that you're making week to week, um, it makes you feel better. It makes you want to be better in every aspect. And I just want you to know, you know, whether – you're close to achieving your goals, whether you're still far from achieving your goals. If you're getting better each week, um, you're pushing, you keep going forward little by little. You just keep pushing and making progress. I think it's, it's always a win. So my quote again is by Jay Shetty, winning doesn't always mean being first. Winning means you're doing better than you've done before. Yeah. My quote of the week is by Keith Campbell. This was pulled out of... Uh him and Joe Rogan's podcast, it goes, be nice to the people on the way up because you'll see them on the way down. So we like to, we'll go through our days. We, we go through our tasks, whatever challenges we go through, we will overcome them. Whatever obstacles we face, we overcome them. But there's also like the negatives that we face. There's, there's people that we see that try to hold us down. And there's times where we kind of want to like cuss them out or shove them to the side. But then at the same time, we got to remember like, on the way back, like when we turn around, when we got to go on the way back or, or if life makes us unexpectedly turn around, those people that, that we had shafted to the side or the people that we put to the side, we're going to see them again. And, and the last thing we want to do is kind of, kind of disappoint them and, and um, uh, kind of put them, I guess, aside when, when really these people that had motivated us to go up are, kind of not really supporting us, but but we're going to see them on the way down. So it's it's our chance to kind of thank them or, or just see them or appreciate the the opportunity of kind of crossing paths. So like when we, we when like we're crossing, we're, we're going up Cocoa Head, yeah. If we're hiking up Cocoa Head, there's this group of people midway. They're like, oh man, watch out. You guys might want to slow down. It's it's hard up there. We're like, nah, we're good. You know, we're, we're good. We can just chug along. We'll be good. We get to the top, we come back down, we're going to see the same exact people coming down. So, so the, the, the person that, or I guess the way that we treat them going up is going to reflect on us as we're coming down because they're going to see us. Like they're, 
they can kind of like they can kind of not necessarily judge us but like look at us like oh on the way up they're like ah they were kind of stubborn you know on the way down they're kind of cocky like you don't want to kind of send off that that vibe so like when you're going up be nice be appreciative when you're going down same thing because uh, when the people like when people see you going up they're going to cheer you on if you're an asshole they're going to like <laughs> hope you fall on the way down if you cheer them if you're cheering them on while you're going up they're gonna be like oh have a good way down instead of like you know what kick you down and, and all that kind of shit or catch yeah. you from going down even further right exactly yeah yeah i hope they don't tell me have a good have a good way down it reminds me of like so that today um like and maybe it does relate in a little bit but like you're talking about how you know, we might run into these people as we come back around. So we should be nice to them or whatever. So I was, I was in the drive-thru today and um, the car behind me did like a water spray over my car and it, it like splashed on my car. And I was like, where's this water coming from? Right. And I, and I looked and I was like, it's not raining. It's not whatever. And I looked back and you could see like that the people in the car were laughing. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I rolled out my window. I was just waving like, Hey, like, hi, like, yeah, I noticed y'all. Um, and I don't think they expected to see me again. But when I went to fill up the gas, I ended up running into the gas station and we both walked into the gas station and they knew it was me. And I was just like, hey, I was like, hi. And I wasn't, you know, just saying hi, just being nice about it. And they were like, mm -hmm. you could see it in their eyes. They were kind of younger kids. You could see it. And it was like, oh, crap. Like, we ran into him again. Like, we didn't think we were ever going to see you again. So I think that story and I've, I've seen it happen in the past. It's like, you never know who you're going to run into again. So make sure you're nice to them the first time. Make sure you're a good first impression. Don't give them the middle finger because next thing you know, they could be your boss one day or you could run into them in the gas station and bring them up. Yeah. Totally exactly. opposite. Yeah. And it's like, um, so we're, we're driving, we're driving to like Utah or something. You pass by this stubborn people that was like slowing you down. You flick them off. Next thing you know, like, Half a mile down, boom, your tire goes out. Who's going to help you, yeah? Mm. Not the people that you inflict off. <laughs> no, that's for sure. So, you know, you just kind of go go through your journey. Um, be be good. Be good to people. Do the right thing always. And and um, if shit hits the fan, you know, you'll kind of have an easier way of, like, crawling out of a dark space because people are willing to help you. Solid quote, Phil. Solid quote. My quote for today, uh, it's anonymous, but it's going to be uh, never judge a person for their mistakes, judge a person on how they fix them. Uh, I think this is important for a lot of our lives. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Wow, yeah. um, and I don't think that we should hold people accountable for all of their mistakes. It's more so how people approach them, because the way I, like, I look at things, we all have our problems, right? And they all stack up. We all have our limits and everybody is going to make a mistake no matter how perfect they try to be. And we shouldn't judge people for those mistakes. Person A and person B can have both the same mistakes, but I think what, what matters is how they come out from it. Whether person A owns up to the mistake, apologizes and moves forward and person B just ignores it, blames other people. You view those people in two different ways, right? So that's how it should be with our lives. Uh, we shouldn't hold not just other people, but also ourselves, right? Sometimes we're too hard on ourselves about the mistakes we made. And I think that it's important that we don't get too hung up on these mistakes and more so focus on what we can do to own up to these mistakes and make things better. And that's what's important as we go through life, understanding that we're all human 
we miss we, we make mistakes other people make mistakes so give other people the chance to kind of own up to their mistake before you get angry at them right so in the case of a uh, Kobe story with the uh, with the kids who shot water at your car they they made a mistake right they could they they didn't realize that they were going to see you now they could have easily not said i mean well in your case they were they just were afraid right but they didn't like push or anything but they could easily just antagonize you even more like oh this is a guy let's you know let's still like crap on him Make so worse, i think yeah. that's that's really important in life like we want to treat each other and just like you kobe right you didn't get mad at them you didn't like flip them off or or just be aggressive towards them even though you probably could have took them on you just stayed friendly you know you didn't take it too seriously and you understood that they were young you know they just made a mistake and you didn't hold them accountable for that and i think that's yeah. how we should be approaching our lives just everybody makes makes mistakes so let's just try to be kind and give people the chance to own up to them and fix things and i think that's that's like and that's something that like this whole week i've been thinking about since our last podcast episode um you know we always constantly talk about being kind to other people um you know not judging people for their mistakes uh making sure we treat people well but the one thing i i kind of want to emphasize and i've been really thinking about is that how kind are we to ourselves how kind do we are we talking to ourselves after we make a mistake are we telling ourselves like screw you you're the worst person ever you know blah 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 or are we being encouraging with with hey you know everybody makes mistakes it's not the end of the day um you know we're not judging ourselves and 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 holding on to a grudge to ourselves by making these mistakes because i think that's just as important as well and and the one thing like this whole week what i've been focusing on is when i screw up or i'm having a bad day or i'm saying i'm not i didn't work out as hard as i wanted to um when i tell myself like like one of the things i do is like with squatting and maybe john and philip does it too but i call myself the b word you know before i get in the bar i'm like bro like kobe yep. you little you little like what yep. the hell like bro stop being a little whip um, but it's beast. like, I'm just like, John, you're, you're a beast, man. You got, <laughs> and that's the right way. That's, that's the only B word like, I know. You don't, you don't even say anything. He just puts five plates on there and he goes nothing, <laughs> like nothing. Wish, but no, I, I mean, it's just important. I think to understand, like, how are you talking to yourself every morning? How are you talking to, to yourself after a mistake? Like we are all about promoting positivity to others, but I think at the end of the day, you have to make sure you're being positive to yourself. Like, would you say what you're saying to yourself in times of when you're making a mistake, would you say that same thing to a stranger? Would you say that to yeah. your mom? Would you say that to your aunt, to your cousins? Yeah. And if you're not, you probably shouldn't be saying it to yourself. And I, I just thought that was super important hearing both of your quotes about treating other people um, with respect and kindness is, is to make sure we're treating ourselves with that same respect and kindness as well. Yeah. And at the same time, like you think about how you kind of make other people feel. Not everybody thinks about that, like how you make other people feel and all that stuff. So like, well, maybe we'll drive by a homeless guy. Yeah, we don't we don't know his story. And then like maybe two minutes later down the road, you're like, frick, maybe he got let go. You know, maybe he was a vet that fought for his life and his family's like living under the bridge. You know, there's that sense of guilt that kind of like builds up inside of us that kind of makes us wish that we knew what they were going through in order to, to, to tailor our actions, I guess, towards how, how we react to, to certain things we see. So in, instead of that, instead of like thinking about the what ifs or all the kind of stuff, you kind of like for me, if I see a homeless person, if I have cash, I'll give them cash. If I have a bottle of water or a bottle of soda, I'll give them that kind of stuff. Cause we truly don't know their story. And the hardest thing is just like, um, thinking back 
and kind of like realizing certain things that they could have go- gone through or, or like things that led them to that place. Like for, for me personally, I hurt more, I hurt more thinking that um, other people are hurting, you know? And that's, that's the thing. Like we'll go through our days, not knowing what somebody else is going through. We'll stick a finger to somebody that cut us off. But at the same time, we don't know if they're rushing to the hospital to see their mom for the last time. You know, we don't know if they're, they're rushing to the hospital because their wife is in the passenger seat, getting ready to like give birth, you know? And, and that's, that's kind of how I live my life. We, we never know how, how somebody's day is going. We don't know what they're going through. So at the same time, you kind of got to like have, have a buffer to, to try and understand or, or be able to understand or see, put yourself in their shoes, the person's shoes. And I think that, you know, maybe it's not perfect what they're going through and um, be understanding and, and under, understand that, you know, because your life is going good, their life might, might be to the shit, you know, like. It's, it's, it's different. You just got to kind of open your eyes and, and try and walk the path of other people's lives. And until, until we all can, like, I, I don't even, I try to do that, but it's, I'll have my days where I'll see these people and I'm like, it just triggers. Like, I'll just snap back. I'll, I'll like swear at them or stick middle finger at them and without even thinking. And it's like minutes down the line you're like oh man maybe they're really having a bad day when i was really just kind of rushing because i woke up late you know you kind of got to put your your feet in other people's shoes and kind of realize what what other people are going through and i think that all our quotes kind of kind of led to that understanding is just just making sure that you put other people's lives or other people's mindsets thoughts their lives into into perspective before we kind of judge and 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 shoot our I guess, response to them, whether it's negative or positive. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to be kind, right? So exactly. why not just be kind to one, one another? But I want to introduce a new segment. Um, if you're not following us on Instagram yet, give us a follow on Instagram at Spoken Thoughts Podcast. But we submitted a, basically, we asked everybody who's been listening to us and our followers on there what kind of questions they have for us, what they want us to, to talk about on the podcast. And this topic comes from, um, shout out to skater underscore 808, SKTR underscore 808. She submitted Diane. the question um, or the topic, what is something you fear? And she didn't say if this had to be deep or if this had to be surface level. So, I mean, we can play around with it, but like something you fear, something that you're scared of, if anybody wants to, to go first, I mean, we, we can go both ways here, but if, I don't know if who wants to man up and share, share, share their fears. We'll go deep and shallow with this one, yeah? Deep and shallow. <laughs> As well. So I guess, like, surface talking, like, visual or, like, okay, for me, fucking, oh, sorry, but paranormal activity, anything <laughs> that I cannot see, okay, that that's happening like if the door opens all of a sudden fuck that okay hopefully i faint so i don't see what's happening next is what i'm hoping <laughs> uh, that's just me but then like yeah any any like i can watch scary movies all day when it comes to like the conjuring or fucking paranormal activity when things are happening that's kind of realistic you know that we don't see necessarily but other people see 
that can happen in our lives. Like, like while we're sleeping, we can freaking elevate 17 feet off the bed. Like, <laughs> what are you talking oh about? Oh, what are you talking about? Exorcist. Exorcism. Oh Bro, see, I'm scared just saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be saying a word. The E word, you know, yeah, exactly. We got a grandma priest over here. Like that kind of stuff freaks me to F out. Like, oh my God. Like if I saw one of you guys floating above your guys' bed. Okay, okay. He's not me too now. All right, that's not the beer today. All right. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not the only one that's scared of that stuff. Yeah, we all we all scared of that stuff. My God. <laughs> that, that's that's my fear okay so gonna, no. oh great. I'm gonna, you're gonna need like 17 ghosts to hold you up for me so. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> talking about dog <laughs> oh that was a good Bi- oh, big, biggest shit. biggest sexy these days for all my big oh, people my out God. there biggest i got sexy, your back yeah. 400 and up club. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Phil. Just wow. So you don't feel bad. You don't feel bad. Talk- people out there. I was talking about how much you lift, not how much oh you weigh. Why you weigh 400? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn, girl. You got a problem it's with that? All love. It's all no, love. No, I don't. Damn, I respect man. that. I wish she was blocking for me when I was in high school. And- <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what, what is your uh, your deep fear? Oh, we're going deep now. Yeah, we're going deep. My deep, my deep fear. Oh, fuck. My deep fear. My deep fear would probably be losing, like, my mom, I think, or somebody super close to me. Like, you think about living without an important person in your life, you know? Like, there, there was a, an exercise that we did when, when I was in the seven, when I was in high school. And CJ kind of laid it down, right, right, like, off the get-go. He was like, I can't, I can't say exactly what it was, but it, it's pretty much, like, losing your loved one. How, like, did you tell your mom, did you tell your dad that you loved them, you know? And then to, to not even remember if I told my mom that I loved her, that hurt me. Because, like, to know that they can be gone in any instant any second like I don't even know what she's doing right now she could be struggling for her life and if I never told her I love her and to know that like you know she might have been thinking about me and and thinking about my sister and thinking about her life and making sure we're okay just all that stuff kind of triggers me all that stuff runs through my mind to know that she's kind of worried about that kind of stuff that that's kind of my deepest fear is for me I guess to lose her and for her to kind of, I guess, think about us. I don't know. It's weird. Like death is a weird subject. Yeah. I feel like that's, that could be a, easily a, one of the scariest things for anyone. But like for me, my deepest fear is losing my mom or someone like super close to me like that. Like just to know that one day you have them and one day you don't, it's like, you don't know if you made them happy with certain things that you did. And at the same time, you don't know if like they were happy, you know, you can never judge about how you can never know how somebody's feeling until they kind of let you know what they're feeling or, or like certain things are said and like, like 
if I guess my main thing is like if if I was to lose my mom without telling her that I loved her, I would probably lose my shit. Like there's there's no recovering or no like feeling better about that kind of stuff. So just like for me, it's just not taking anything for granted. And if 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 like you get into an argument, it doesn't matter what happens. You know, it doesn't matter what's said. What's said is said. It's word, words won't break you. You know, you say certain things, but the feelings that you get from what's said, it's can be replaced. And the main thing is you, you want to make sure that you shed your love, no matter if there's hate. And like, for me, my deepest fear, hundred percent, my mom's been there. My mom's been my number one supporter from when I, when I was born, easy, easy answer. And if I was to lose her, bruh, like, yeah, I mean, people, there's people that will be like, Oh yeah, he's a mommy's, mommy's boy he's this old you know but frick that they don't know how much that she's done for us you know she don't know how much they don't know how much she did for me and like just to know you have to live your life without somebody important to you yeah that kind of shit just like it hits you it hits you different like but at the same time they kind of through through the process of um growing up they they treat you they raise you a certain way to make sure that you're you're good without them unfortunately we don't want to think about that stuff and my mom always brings that stuff up where like you know i'm not going to be here one day she jokes around and like i'll I'll take it but at the same time it's like you don't want to you don't want to listen to that kind of stuff it's like i don't even want to think about life without you you know but we we grow thankfully because of them and, you know, eventually we'll see each other again if, if, if things were to happen certain ways. And, and thankfully, like, she understands that. I understand that. And, yeah, that's my deepest fear, you frickers. Holy shit. What a question. <laughs> God damn. I mean, how I'm much, good, how man. much, Phil, because obviously, you know, people are listening or watching and we see it. It's an emotional thing. How much do you... I, like, how much do you think about this fear? Like, how much do you actually, is this something that you think about daily? Is this something you think about weekly? Like, how much, how often are you re- actually thinking about it? Honestly, I don't, I don't think about it at all. Like, I, I'll go through my days and the only times it sparks up or the, the only times I, I think about it is like when my mom goes to a doctor, she could be going to, to the doctor for like a yearly, like maybe an annual physical or whatever that kind of stuff goes through. And I'm like, frick, if they find something, you know, that she, she might not even have any history of like cancer or anything with her body. But when she goes to the doctor, doctor it's like, fuck, she better come out, all, come out all good. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the day that she goes in and if she finds something out, it's like, oh man, like I spent my last Saturday sleeping in when I could have like had lunch with my mom, you know? But I, it's not something that I think about every day and it's not something that i know my mom doesn't want me to think about like she wants me to make sure that i have my own that's why she like kind of leaves me on my own and it's not it's the last thing she wants me to worry about but it's the first thing that you know we think about when it comes to growing up it's like losing the person that's closest to you the person that made you you it's like if you're to lose them it's like how can you survive but then you think about you know all the things that they did for you and all the things that they, they brought you to, to kind of make you survive after, after they pass on to the next life kind of thing. And yeah, like ultimately I don't, I don't think about it all the time. It's just um, in the back of my mind when, when things happen, like she gets sick, 
you know, she gets a, a flu or, or whatever. And I'm like, frick, mom, you got to stop smoking. Mom, yeah, I know you're listening. You got to stop smoking, okay? <laughs> you stop Everybody smoking. Everybody in our family. Stop. Everybody yeah, stop smoking. Not you smoking. stop smoking. I'll stop drinking, maybe, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's good. I mean, that's, that's the point of this podcast, right? We can open up and just yeah. not worry about what we say and just really get into our feelings. But uh, for me, just to kind of lighten up the mood again, you know, so I'll go with the, uh, <laughs> no, this is, this is good. This is why we got to go like, yeah. you know, surface and then deep and surface, then back yeah. and forth. We don't want to end this episode with all yeah, that damn, shit, yeah. you know? So, so surface level for me, fear wise, uh, I definitely understand what you're saying, Phil, about the, uh, <laughs> the paranormal and the supernatural. Um, oh. <laughs> like I, I was, I was just, I just had this conversation with uh, Alyssa la- or yesterday, last night when we were walking Koa at night. Uh, so, uh, I was telling her like how I'm more afraid of paranormal scary movies. Cause we've been watching scary movies and scary shows because oh, of the man. season versus like things with a monster or like a serial killer. Cause like you a can mask, do yeah. stuff against a monster. You can fight back, but like a ghost, you can't do shit. You know what nope. I mean? Like they, they got you, <laughs> <laughs> they got you, you can't do shit. You're just, you're just, you're just stuck. But that's that. I mean, that I don't want to repeat what you were saying, but for me, another surface true, level yeah. thing, it, it's true. It's true. Another surface level for me is uh, heights. Like I, I am what? terrified of heights. Really? So, like, wow. I, I, I can ride a roller coaster, you know, as long as I don't look down. But like if I'm even, I, I still remember like being at Pearl oh, Ridge Mall. Shit. You know how when you're on the second floor, oh, right? Yeah. And you have like the glass, the glass, uh, the glass wall that you can look over. Yeah. Yeah. If I look over. What I see in my head is the floor going like this. What? So I can't look over like <laughs> no down towards way. the ground. Yeah. Like I can't, uh, like, I mean, I can, of course, but I get super uncomfortable. My palms get sweaty. I, I just, you know, it, it does not feel good. So like even just being on the second floor and looking down, I get like a little like woozy. Almost. Woozy. Yeah. That's uh, nuts. So Cause that's... We, we never didn't know that. Remember, <laughs> yeah, uh, know that. remember the one time, uh, and you guys will probably, you guys probably can tell the story. Um, the one time we went hiking, hiking up the Las Vegas, <laughs> the mountain. mountain. <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody listening. So we did this like, so Sorry, where, um, we got a, yeah. Uh, Mama Sheila, Auntie Sheila, where she lives in Las Vegas. We spent a lot of time. Philip lives in Las Vegas. John went to you know V, and and we talked about like we spend a lot of time in Las Vegas. So it was winter Lord break, mountain. and there was this like mountain or hill or however you want to describe it. And we were just kind of one day, we're like, oh, let's let's go climb it. And I was like, okay, let's go climb it. And there was no trails. I don't know what the hell we were doing. It there was, was a trail, people. people oh, there no. was a trail. There was gravel. And like, literally, I could have died probably like a hundred times that day. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. Okay, fair, like you, you are bigger, so like, you know. You are bigger. A little harder, so I, I can see that. Little, like, that's his fault. I'm thinking about... Me you, guys are probably, nimble, you, guys are, you, know? you guys left me in the back. Yeah. So if I fell, yeah. nobody yeah, would we catch me. <laughs> nobody can catch you regardless. Okay. Even <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys are watching this or listening to this. Okay. This is how steep, maybe like this. Okay. Like I'll say maybe like a 30 degree incline. Okay. Which isn't much. Okay. To co- in Colby's eyes was like maybe like a 60, with loose, 70, with loose gravel. 90 degree. Loose gravel. Yeah. Me and Colby is walking. Me and John is walking on the side of Kobe, like, bro, like, we're good. You should be good, okay? Like, we're going up the mountain. Kobe's, like, grabbing literally everything on the side of him. There's okay? nothing to grab. 
Nothing. But the best part Basically was crawling. <laughs> me, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, fast forward to the top. Me and John make it to the top. We see Mama Sheila guys down at their house down there. And Kobe's sitting down on the rock, like maybe 10 feet away from us. He's like, oh, what? is it good down there? I was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Then it's time to go down. And Kobe <laughs> looks, looks down. He's like arm shaking, okay? Arms are shaking. He's on his ass, sitting down on the rock. The only solid rock there. He's like, bro, I don't know if I can make it down, boys. <laughs> and me and John are like, wait, are you serious or what? <laughs> And then, like, people, okay, listening, it's really not a steep incline. It was really maybe – but then – but at the same time, it's like when you're scared of heights, everything looks big, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like when, John when, knows. Now, that, now, now yeah. I know that John's scared of heights. John, yeah, yeah. See, that, that's the weird thing. Like, I can, I can do a hike, and I can look across at the horizon. But, like, if it was, like, a hike – and then there's a drop right in front of me, and I look down like I'm I'm done. I can't. I'll probably fall off just from like feeling like I'm gonna lean forward. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of so, the mountain again? Lone Mountain. Lone Mountain. We'll we'll go again when you come. But no, bro. Like looking at it, people, we we're going down. Okay. It was like less than. It was pretty much like the pillbox height. Okay. <laughs> Everybody in Hawaii, you guys know what the pillbox hike is. Okay. Kobe was literally sitting on his butt, scooting down. Like maybe a quarter mile of the way, and we, me and John were like, oh, yeah, we were, we didn't like, know if you were joking or if you yeah. were serious. That's that's how that's how and it then was. Col- Kobe's down. He was like, oh dog, dog. I don't know if I can make it, dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna help me, dog. <laughs> me and John like, nah, you get him, you get him. Like you're good. I don't even know why I, why I was asking you guys for help anyways because you were saying. <laughs> How the hell are you guys going to help me? You guys can't carry me down the <laughs> That's why. If, if we try to help you, we would have killed ourselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, oh, good no, we, we'll have to, for the people out there, it, it, it was bad. Loose gravel. My shoes. Loose gravel. Were, I, I'll give him that. The man. bottom of my shoes it, were, were smooth and worn out already. There was no grip on there. I'm tall. I was heavy. using chucks. I was 300 pounds, so probably like back to John's fear of heights here. Just wanted to Okay, bring- so so that yeah, that's my that's my surface one. Uh, if we're going to go deep, so of course, you know, I have that fear too of losing a loved one that's really close to, to us, but to another deep fear of mine. And I think I mentioned it to you guys earlier on, like when, when we talk afterwards, but a deep fear of mine is being almost like, like a ghost to, to my family, you know? So, so one of the fears I had about moving out to California is that I didn't want to be, be that relative, that cousin that you only see every once in a while on a holiday, you know, like I didn't want to be so isolated from everybody else that it felt like I couldn't be as close to my family, you know? Um, so that's, that's what really scared me for a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, there's some family in California, but we're not as close say, as like us or even like, you know, on the Alonso Ohana side, but um, being, being here in California, it was just a little harder to stay in touch with family, you know? So I, I was really afraid of, again, being a ghost to the family. And I know that would never happen, you know, with our family, it doesn't matter, but that is something that still kind of got stuck still in my thought, head, yeah. you know, like being, being far away and not communicating with, because when you don't talk to someone for a while, it almost feels like, you know, you lose a connection. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I mentioned it to you guys earlier, just having this call, it definitely helped, you know, kind of spark that connection again. 
And we mentioned how, even though we haven't talked, you know, we text here and there, but even though we haven't talked like this for a long time, it's kind of like right back to it. Like things never, never change. Um, So that's, that's something that I expressed to you guys earlier. Uh, So I really don't want to be known as that ghost in the family. Yeah. I'm not too sure why, why it scares me. I like, I'm I'm not too sure what it is. Is Being isolated or being alone. Like, is it one of those things? I, I think, well, so like, uh, I guess another fear of mine is like dying and yeah. then not having anyone or like dying alone, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's a scary fear that a lot of us have, you know? Yeah. Like if you're, think- you're on your deathbed and you don't, and you're just by yourself, no one is visiting you. No one is comforting you. No, you're just in a dark room by yourself. And I think that's like the saddest way someone can die. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's maybe where it comes from. But yeah. again, it's also just because of how close our family was when we were all together, like we're, we're afraid of change, right? Like we don't want things to change. So moving away just reinforces a change, right? That we're not as close or in my mind, it was that we weren't as close as a family when everybody is scattered, you know, we all originated from Hawaii and then we have family that moved to Vegas and Kobe, you went to Minnesota, you know, like as family scatters, it's a little harder for everybody to stay in touch and to stay as close. So I think that's something that, I was afraid to do, you know, like while, while I was in Vegas, I had Philip them and of course, Mama Sheila, Papa Warren and everybody else. So I never had that fear because even though I was away from Hawaii, I was still with another family. But moving to California, it made me feel like I was separated from that. And I think seeing like things on social media, like, you know, when, when they have family get togethers, you feel almost like left out. And, you know, you, you think about those memories that you used to have with them and you almost feel like you're away from that. Right. And I th- what I think it was is just being away from it long enough makes you scared that like you can't have that again. So I, that's one of my biggest fears. And that's why I was really you know excited to be on this podcast, to be able to talk to you guys is just to kind of reconnect with family and be able to, you know, not feel as isolated and alone in that sense. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm alone here. Of course, I have, you know, my fiance and her family and I love them to death, but it's definitely something that I feared is that my own... My, my own side of the family losing that connection just because of how close we all are. Mm-hmm. That's something that really scared me. And it still scares me sometimes even now, you know, like just not being able to, especially now during COVID, you know, not being able to fly over to celebrate and things like that. It still kind of scares me in terms of not being as close to my family. And I, I can definitely, like you talked about, obviously with me, you know, moving to Minnesota and I'm, mm-hmm almost six years now um and i definitely felt that too and i had something i feel to this day is like even though we stay in touch you still feel you even though you're in touch you feel out of touch you feel out of the loop in the sense and like we talked about earlier when i think we were you know we're playing um call of duty i mentioned like this year is going to be the first time i have thanksgiving with the family in five years i haven't had a thanksgiving meal or dinner with family in five years and a lot of my holidays or, or summers. And, and, and the one thing for me, um, you know, talking about being left out is, is my younger brother, like Kaiden, or your younger cousin, my younger brother. Like I, I, I'm afraid that he's going to grow up and, and he's going to be like, he says I'm his brother, but he doesn't actually feel it or mean it because I I'm not there for the key parts of his life. Like he's going to be like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, my brother, I have a brother that lives in Minnesota and that's all I am to him is someone 
that he's related to that's in Minnesota and and the fact that I'm not there for key parts of his life or don't see him on the daily it, it is a fear and I, and I I love that we have social media and the technology in the phone because we can video chat we can text we can call but I definitely can relate to you John on that like it's just being so far away you feel left out and I'm sure Philip you felt the same way when you were you were in college and John and I and all the younger all the younger cousins were still back in Hawaii we were still going beach days or you know mm-hmm. spending the holidays or doing different things while you were in UNLV like it's growing it's up like sucks the, sometimes growing up and, and the way like life kind of life has this natural tendency of pulling people apart um, and really For testing good, the yeah. relationships of, of family and friends and people. And that's the shitty thing about life, but it's just part of life. And I'm glad that we're able to still connect. We're able to do this podcast. We're able to still meet up and the yeah. love is the same as day one or even stronger. Um, you know, relationships change where it, it progresses, but I, I can definitely relate. Like I just never want to feel like I'm an outsider in my own family type of deal. It's, it's, it's a scary thought to like progress in life without the people that you love, you know, like we, we go through our lives. We, we meet these, we beat these milestones. We, we meet these certain goals that we want to meet. Like prime example, I think for me is like my dad's side of the family. Yeah. Like Richie guys, I hardly see them. You know, I hardly talk to them. Thank God for social media because a lot of them, I wouldn't even know what they're doing. And for so, if it wasn't for social media, they wouldn't know what I'm doing now. They wouldn't know where I'm living. They wouldn't uh, maybe had voted for me like when we was in high school and had that whole Rudy Award thing and all that kind of stuff. And it was a scary. The scariest thing for me was just growing, like for Richie at least, Richie boy with wealthy, um, growing so close with growing up so close with him when I was with my dad. Then like I didn't want to um, grow up with him looking at me as a stranger mm. and that's a i think that's a common thing that us as human beings think about like just because somebody isn't present you know we kind of assume that they're gone permanently or what whether it's permanently or, or temporarily like for me with with my dad's side of the family like i go see them and there's a lot of them that like unconditional love yeah like i never seen them for five years those they'll buy me a they'll buy me like a size medium shirt which i freaking love because they think i'm skinny yeah (laughs) they'll buy me a size medium shirt i go to the house christmas party they're like oh my god phil you look good you look handsome you know you're getting big you're working out like yeah (laughs) but the thing is like (laughs) no matter how far no matter how long you've been away they know that they're you're still blood, you know. They know that you're still there as, as a part of the family, and like with you guys too. When when I came to college, it's it was scary because I never know who's gonna be there. I never know like with Kason, who's gonna be Kason's Trump partner. Like where where you and where John and was John and Kobe gonna just bully Kason? You know when I was there and I couldn't get Kason's back, you know. But then to understand that you know when when one person leaves, as a family we fill the void we make we make up for that person missing and we make sure the other person the youngest person can feel the same love that we felt growing up you know so when i left you guys easily replace me you know not necessarily re- replace me because i'm like irreplaceable i can't be replaced oh you know what i mean <laughs> you guys stepped in <laughs> you guys stepped in you guided casein 
the ways that that we had guided each other you know and then it's there's no way that we can live without knowing that like we're there for each other and and it's scary like john for you i know i know exactly how you feel and or or what you what you feel like and i feel like um bozu kobe your, your uncle bozu i feel like he he kind of goes through the same thing and i think uncle bozu is the one that initiated this whole thing about us kind of growing individually from our family you know your uncle bozu set set the parameters for that like you know it's possible and um when he did that i felt okay and then like i just felt like too when when your papa was going through everything when um when the wedding was going on with uh auntie kule and uncle chris and just to see bozu like bozu your uncle bozu was gone for a little while yeah, yeah. but we still knew he was there like luckily we we grew up kind of in the same age but then when when the wedding came it's like he came back and he just took his place on the throne he knew where he was he was like top dog unfortunately irritatingly like he was top dog and we'd all listen to him and he just kind of guided us in a way where like you know we wanted to live our life like uncle bozu was always happy you know he had you know a beautiful wife and he was about to start his family and, and all that kind of stuff he was getting married and it's like oh man you know we're going to get there eventually and it and i'm pretty sure he had the same thoughts that we were going we were thinking now you know like we're we're going through these things like we're going to miss out on kai kai's birthday shout out to kai kai happy what happy ninth birthday, ninth birthday ninth birthday yeah um i'm sure like you guys think about it i think about it like and for me it's like there's so many times where like freaking jason jason's first birthday i better be there yeah, yeah you know what i mean next march and then my 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 little brother, um, my dad's son, um, Brace Boy, my little brother, Brace Boy, I missed his first birthday. But I was there on his birth date. I wasn't there for his first birthday. But like we go, we go through our days wishing that we can be there one hundred percent for these people. But we don't realize that these people understand. You know, these yeah. people understand. Where what we're doing in our lives, they understand where where we're going in our lives, and and for us, I think to understand that it's like our responsibility responsibility to work even harder. Oh, cool, cool. Shout out, Alyssa. What's up? What's up, cool hey, doggy? Big, bro. He oh, he's big. big. If you can't yeah. see it, everybody listening. John brought his dog Cole in, and he is massive. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's like we we go through it with everybody you know it's it's like it's to a point where our family or everybody individually understands what you're going through yeah yeah and just as human beings we kind of put this negative thought in our mind that you know we're time is we're running out of time and we're we're thinking about ourselves selfishly but and we can't get time back but we don't realize that you know selflessly we're doing something better for us that'll make our family happier and better in the long run you know what i mean like my mom's happy if i don't see her for like months but then get promoted you know yeah you know as i'm putting in the work they understand the sacrifice that we're exactly. doing exactly cuz they've been there yeah. yeah and that's the i mean i guess that's the thing that's kind of helped me through the years is understanding like 
you know, because sometimes I look back at the decision of me leaving, you know, all the way to Minnesota, like far, far from you guys. Like it's not yeah. easy for me to even take a trip and fly to where, you know, to, to wherever you guys are. And I think about like, you know, it'll all make sense in the future. It'll all make sense when we're looking back at it, when we're all, you know, successful in whatever terms that is. Um, we're all happy individually with our lives. We all got our, our beautiful wives, our families, you know, we're, we're meeting up at, at holidays. We're bringing everybody. We're all able to establish yeah, these yeah. lives, you know, 10 years, five years, however many years from now. I think then that's when we're going to realize it's, it's, it was all worth it because I, yeah. I seen that picture. Like, for example, I seen the group picture of like all of us um, that you sent. In the in group chat. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, look at like where everybody's at. We're at one point in our lives, we were all at this Aya house. We were all in Hawaii, but now everybody in that picture is all over the country, all over the world. You know, everyone's in, in different locations and it's crazy to see the progress everybody's made in the visual oh. growth they've made and where we're at all in our individual journeys. But like you were saying, Phil, I think everyone in the family understands why we're doing what we're doing, you know? Yep. Well, so, um, did I? Uh, I don't know. I never hear Kobe answer. No, it, right? yeah, Kobe, you're yeah. your surface uh, and your deepest fears. Let's hear it, baby. My let's surface, my go. surface, my surface by far, and you guys all know this already. Is I hate roller coasters. I cannot ride a roller coaster. I cannot ride any single ride ever. I've been to Disneyland, literally, the past three years in a row. Yeah, three years in Universal Studios. The first time I was there, I made it an effort. Um, to ride every single ride because my my ex my ex girlfriend we went it was just her and me and, and she was like come on like we didn't you know we didn't make this trip just so you can watch from, from <laughs> the sideline like man up like be a man like get on this so literally oh, that's it yeah. I know so I wrote every single thing I remember we opened up the Disney trip with um we got there super early in the morning right before everybody else like the rush yeah, yeah and it was the uh what was the what's the biggest the big roller coaster in disneyland the called? california screaming yes that was, was the very first loops, one we yep. did because she was like oh there's not a long line let's just do this right away i was like wait a minute i was like we gotta work <laughs> our way up like we gotta do the little we have to do the double <laughs> ears flying the double ears. <laughs> then we gotta do the uh <laughs> what was the uh the spinning teacups we we the spinning teacup. Teacup. Yep. then we can get to the the big California yeah. roller coaster. She's like, no, we gotta do it now. We gotta do it now. And I and I remember that dude. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a combination of heights. Maybe it's a I don't know what it is, but I cannot ride a roller coaster. And you think I'm BSing you when I tell you it scares me? We went to Disneyland last this past year in December, and I'm literally sitting in line with my ex-girlfriend, and we were we were gonna ride the one that just swings over the water. It's just one oh, like yeah, yeah. rocket ship, and it just goes like this. Yeah, and I can't, I can't even ride those. So we're sitting there. She's like, I'm like, she's, I'm telling her like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, same thing with the mountain. I was like, I'm pretty scared. Like, she's like, stop playing. Why are you always being goofy? Why are you always playing? And I had my Fitbit on the time, right? And I was like, okay, let me show you something. <laughs> I, my resting heartbeat is like 40, 50, right? And she was like, okay. She's like, look at my heartbeat right now, <laughs> 140. 140. <laughs> and I was like, tell me I'm not scared. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you so scared? I was like, you know how many people die on these things? 
And I literally, so like, oh, I know, like, not at Disneyland. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got friends listening to this that sorry, are scared sorry. of roller coasters but, too. So, so people who listen to this, right? The percentage he's of you lying, dying on the roller coasters, Slim. one in 750 million. That's the odds. I know the exact yeah. odds. I know the exact odds. One in 750 that. million. How many, people, how many people visit Disneyland per day, per week, per year? Billions of people. Zero so now because be, of COVID. Yeah, they're I on it though. Be, they, they maintain their shit. You're, you're they good. do. Yeah. You're safe at Disneyland. You're good. No, all, all they're doing right now is lubing and WD fording every little <laughs> every single so ride. Yeah, yeah, loosening loosening the crevice so it can freaking fall apart while faster. I'm on there. So you can freaking, go faster, dog. Um, so I mean, I like I cannot, and that's probably because my dad. I remember my dad brought me to Disneyland, and it was like the Looney Tune roller coaster, and he forced me. I I literally remember oh, when that turns hard. Yeah, the one drugs hard and spins at the yeah. same time. Oh I wrote that. I cried sad. the whole thing. Never again. I, I went to Disneyland last year, right? Like I was saying, my ex girlfriend rode every single ride, and I am not ashamed to say it. I was watching from the sideline cheering her on. I was, <laughs> I was. He's a bag holder, folks. He's a I'm bag a, holder. I am a bag holder. I will be a bag holder for whoever wants to go to Disneyland with me. I will. I will literally. Where I spend my time at Disneyland or Six Flags or any fair, I will spend my time at the corn dog stand or the churro stand or Bengals. Not the ride. You can enjoy the rides. I get the I get the thrill of watching you get the thrill. That's it wasn't because it wasn't because he was scared to ride it. It's because he couldn't fit in the seat. Okay. <laughs> and speaking of that, yeah. so so no, so, so okay, you what? Speaking of that, okay. So not Carry me, on. not me, but my dad, Marlon <laughs> Castillo. I'm putting you in the spot. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, oh. So so where, <laughs> where, where, <laughs> was the other day? Yeah, yeah. Marlon, so, his birthday was the other day. <laughs> Forty-seven, almost fifty. Yeah, uh, well, the number two. Oh, jeez. Social security number is <laughs> social security address. <laughs> Let me give you his credit card number. Uh, <laughs> but we're at Mall of America, and they have these roller coasters in there. And we this was right after my graduation. We we went down there. We were with Kaiden, me, my mom, my dad, my aunt's cousins, um, and, and my girlfriend at the time. And and so we got these passes to ride because they have amusement ride in there. And so we, we bought all these passes to ride all the rides. Again, it was my first time there. I manned up, said, I'm there. This is the only time we'll be there. I rode everything. But so my dad <laughs> tried to get on the roller coaster. And you know how they have the, the ones that, that the, uh, the locks that come down like this? <laughs> belly? So, so, he, so oh, no. we, th- yeah, we thought we were good to ride it. And then, so he gets in. <laughs> he keeps trying to jack. Everybody, he's like, everybody close and make sure your seats are closed. And he's like this. And he's like, it keeps going all the way up and down. He's like, I can't, uh, I can't get it. And he tries to slam it a couple times. And his belly is just in the way. So he <laughs> the is, like water bed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So he couldn't lock it. So the, the, it was so funny. I remember the lady was like, um, excuse me, sir, but I'm probably going to have to ask you. I don't think you can ride these rides. <laughs> It was me, Casey, and it was cracked. Oh, up. shit. We love oh, you, Marlon. Oh, we love you, Marlon. I was like, and, and see, even those things, like I think about when I get in those, it's like automatically locked. But what if the system just malfunctions and then all of a sudden no, like, I have to hang for my life? Like, same. I cannot hang. I can't do, I can't even do more than 20 pull ups. How do you expect me to hang for a two minute ride? That is a, that is a, that's a high number. Time out. Wait, wait. You said oh, 20 pull-ups, okay. Yeah, you can barely can do, do 10. Can you do five, Kobe? Can you do five? <laughs> Dog. 
<laughs> nah. Most people are looking at this. You see my biceps. I can definitely do yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's pressing him against his pillow. Whatever he's holding. Okay, everybody. <laughs> but no, no, roller coasters by far. Oh, and then remember, uh, remember Kaysen on the... Uh, he the was right with John. Zero. Oh, God damn. I wrote it with John. him. I heard about that. Oh, yeah. shit. So, <laughs> I'm just putting everybody on the spot. Kaysen, I remember up. we were at the uh, 50th State Fair. And then it was the zipper that we rode on. And Kaysen was super excited to ride on. And I was like, I have, I've actually never rode the zipper before. I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll go on with you. And he was excited. He was excited. It was going up, you know, and it like, it shook a little. And he, I could sense he was scared. He was like, cool. And I was like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. This is like the worst it gets. But as soon as it started spinning, <laughs> oh my God. He, he was somebody else. He was screaming. And then like, he almost like gave up on life because yeah. <laughs> he just let his body like every time it would spin, he did not res- have any resistance. He would just fling his body forward into the fence and back to the point where I had to stick my arm out and hold him back the entire ride and trying to calm him down. And I distinctly remember being at the top when it stopped, when they started to unload people and he's crying and then there's like people in the other car or whatever you want to call it and it makes me look like i was the bad guy who forced him on this ride and, yeah, yeah. ride. and then and then after that i had to carry him out because you know it was just Holy but to be shit. fair he was like six years old you know he I mean? was like, young I, bro if i was six years old i'd probably be the same way i, probably, I wouldn't even have gotten on so i give him credit for that yeah and time out though because remember don when i ride the zipper one time and I started throwing up in the trash can. Oh, my God. <laughs> I started throwing up in the trash can. And I was like, bro, John, can you run grabbing nothing? Me being the helpful John, cousin I am. The helpful cousin he was. He sprinted to the bathroom. <laughs> he sprinted back. He hit on pothole. <laughs> He's down Great on money. the ground. <laughs> Strawberries on his knees. All the napkins get rocks on top when you give them to me. <laughs> Hey, I got speaking you the of, napkins. That's all that matters. Speaking of vomit, um, <laughs> napkins, you guys remember uh, the ice cream challenge that we did? That oh my yeah, God. <laughs> the best flavor. Everybody, by, everybody, 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 everybody! If you guys are listening, please listen to this whole story. Okay, what Kobe's about to say. Here we go. I don't know what Dang. the story. So, so we did Wait. this challenge. So, I think we went to. Um, I don't Dave's know if we were. Cream. Yeah, Dave's we went to Dave's ice, ice cream in Waimalu back home in Hawaii. But were we, driving, were we drive? Did we hit the driving range before we, we went? went first? first. And yeah. then we ran there to try to burn calories there, to you know? be ready. <laughs> and and we were how many our appetite a little bit. How many scoops? Like, it was 10, 12 scoops. At, over 12 scoops? Yeah, it was a lot. It was 12 scoops, scoops over 10. And it was, it was like, like 10 six, toppings, right? six toppings, heavy whipped cream, sprinkles. Um, and it was just like two bananas. Two bananas. And we had to eat it, I think it was under 30, 45 minutes. It was like something like that. So I don't even know if that time limit, honestly. I don't even know whatever time limit. It was thirty minutes. So. But we did this challenge. We we tried to run. You know, open up our appetite. You know, we're, we were bigger, all bigger at the time. You know, big talk. We could eat a lot. And I, let's just say, the smallest person out of all of us, somehow, <laughs> some way, finished it all. But he felt the damage. Was nuts. He felt the oh damage of it real, real quick right after. <laughs> was he? was like. I, I pounded everything. Like, I finished everything. It was mint chocolate chip ice cream. I was like, oh, this is easy. I love mint chocolate chip. Freaking, we get inside the van. And, like, my right hand's on the top of the, like, on the ceiling. My left hand's on the freaking middle console. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> mom, drive faster. We get to the house. I sit on the toilet. I don't know if it's coming out. 
that end or my mouth. So I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm like, hold, oh, fuck, I don't know what's going on right now. Then I start erping. I freaking pull my clothes on. I erp inside the, the bathtub. Hold. When whole mint chocolate chip shit just comes out of my mouth, like my mouth is my mouth is just open. Like here's our fifty first states. Uh, you know, in Jocko and just puke everything out. That was me, oh boy. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. But like, like I tell everybody when they hear this story, best tasting throw up I ever had in my life. Tasted yeah. like mint ice cream. Mint chocolate chip shake. Oh my god! I licked my lips and everything. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was kind of gross. Okay, but you never just have to say that. Process. Lick your lips. Throw up. Lick your lips. Throw up. I was like, wow, god damn! Oh. But I did finish it. Okay, the smallest guy out of these guys. They I never put that? your picture up. You did it for nothing. They never. I, I know was they, hurt. They, they got rid of the challenge after that. <laughs> Dave's ice cream. I don't know if you guys are Dave's ice cream next to Gracie's in my model. You guys did not put my picture up, and I finished it. We have video proof, okay, Sierra? If they ask for them, I don't know how yeah, you did it, right? Like I don't know. Me too. I'm just thinking about it now. Like holy crap! Like twelve scoops of ice cream. Yeah, me too. Honestly, towards the ending, what was hardest? What was the hardest part was chewing. Like yeah. my mouth just got tired because you know? yeah. in the mint chocolate chip, yeah, you had to chew the chocolate chips, and I just remember like John was doing good too, actually. Yeah, I thought I had it. I was like, "Fuck!" Then I got, got outside, this. and yeah. then oh, uh, went outside right into yeah. the grass. <laughs> yeah, right into the grass again. But yeah, I agree with you. Best tasting vomit. Best As you can vomit, tell, yeah. I know my limits, so I do uh, not go past my limits. Whether it's yeah, eating yeah. too much ice cream, or it's riding a oh, damn yeah. roller coaster, I don't want to ride. When oh, I say I no, no is no. I do not go past my limit. And I will not ride. If I go to Disneyland again, again, I will be your bag holder for life. He will not ride the teacup spinner, guys. Okay. No worries. I don't yeah. like that one either. I don't. I what? Don't ride. Yeah. I ride it, but I close my eyes the entire time. Nah, okay. So, time off. I, I don't like the spinning one. Did, okay. So I did the, um, <laughs> do you guys, did, did you do the, the, it's. Uh, horror terror, terror, hotel terror. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But That's now it's changed. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Now. Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy. Galaxy. So I went the first year. It was Guardians of the Galaxy, and holy crap! Again, when I was in line, my heartbeat shot out the roof. I honestly felt like I was gonna have a heart attack. I I did oh, not dude. know what was going on, and I remember you go up all the way to the top, and they open it up so you can see how high you are. Over yeah, the- <laughs> and I don't know it's why you like this. But I literally just feel my balls in my throat, dude. Like, you just feel your stomach, like, just, like, everything yeah. just all the way up. And then when you get off the thing, you can't even walk. I'm like, how do people enjoy this? This is not enjoyable at all. You feel your balls in your throat? <laughs> That's a new one, though. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. I'm cutting that one, bro. I'm cutting that Leave it. Before we get carried away. away. <laughs> Before we get carried away, Kobe, what is your deep fear? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotta yeah. Go over, we went to the service. My deep What is your fear. deep fear, Kobe? My deep fear. Um I guess you know, like all of you guys said, like uh, the, both of you, Phil and John. I mean, you both said two fears that I honestly, those are, are one of my biggest fears too. But I think um my big, like one of my biggest fears and something that even right now I'm, I'm kind of, you know, facing is planning for the future. I don't like to plan for the future because I don't like the, my fear is being disappointed by life. 
I think is, is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this probably traces back all the way to, to again, our childhood of losing great grandma and my papa is, you know, I, I planned in my head, I planned for my papa to be around for a lot of the memories that I had. Right. I, I planned for him to be in my high school graduation, for him to be in my middle school graduation. I planned for him to meet, you know, to meet his great grandchild one day, um, for him to be at my, my college graduation. Like I, I, a lot of those things, like I planned for, like I, I, I pictured in my head, I pictured the hug and the kisses he would give me, um, and different things like that. And I guess from an early age, I, I've tried to tell myself not to plan too ahead because I don't want to be disappointed by life. Um, and I, I know that's not the right way to go about things. And, and a lot of people say you should never live in fear of that, but I do like, that's one thing I struggle with is, is and that's why like a lot of times people ask me like, Hey, like what, you know, what's your tenure plan and different things like that. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to plan it. I don't want to plan it because I don't want to be disappointed. Like, I don't want to have to say, I'm going to be doing this and doing that. And the next thing you know, you're gone, right? You're, it never happens or things don't work out the way you want it to. Like, just like you were saying, Phil, right? Like with your mom, like, I, I don't want to like, that's why. And I try hard not to picture it as, as negative as heroism sounds. Like I picture in my head, I picture in my head, my parents not being there to see their first grandchild. And I, I do that to myself because that helps me get through my days better because I don't want to, I, I, I try to picture the worst things possible. Worst case my scenario. Yeah. yeah. So that way I don't have to live with the disappointment if it doesn't turn out, if I plan it correctly. Like if I, and so like, that's what I play in my head is, is I, I do that to myself. Like I picture my parents not meeting my first grandchild. I picture them not being there for certain milestones and it helps me cope with it. It helps me cope with things. And like, I'm in this period of my life where, it seems like everybody's asking you, what's your plan? Like, what is, what is it that you want to do? Like, what is it, you know, whether it's me personally, individually and different things like that. Um, and I say, I, I and I, I say, you know, I, I do, I do tell them, like, I, I want to be a college athletic director. Sure. I want to be, I have a family. Um, but at the same time, it's hard for me to believe it. Sometimes it's hard for me to say that stuff and actually say, that's actually what I want because I don't want to be disappointed. I'm tired of being disappointed. I'm tired of, I'm tired of it. I, I really am. Like I've been tired of being disappointed my whole life. Like every single milestone um, that I accomplish, it brings back those feelings. And I, I absolutely hate it. I hate it. And that's why I do it. And I, I think back like, um, you know, when I got my first, when I was applying for grad school and, and different things like that, I got my first acceptance letter. Um, and I remember I was sitting in the car with my ex-girlfriend and she was the very first person I told. She was right by me. And I was sitting there. I got this acceptance letter. And I remember just breaking down. I remember just crying and thinking like, like the one person I've, I, I want to tell is my papa. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wish I could tell him like, look, 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 look what I accomplished. Like, look what I did. Like, look at what you, you taught me and the different things like that. And I'm not able to do that, you know? And and even the hardest part is, is like Kai Kai and Kaysen, like wishing, you know, wishing they were able to do that, wishing they were able to brag to their papa, um, wishing they were able to do that type of thing. And 
Kainan will never know Papa, my Papa Wayne. Kainan will never know what he smells like, his cologne, whatever, his, the touch of his skin. Um, and then even though, though, again, it goes back to my, the way I think is I'm glad. I'm glad he's never, I'm glad he never knew. I'm glad he never experienced it because now he doesn't have to deal with the disappointment of losing it. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, that's just the way I think. And that's like, like for you, Phil, you know, when you talked about you thinking about losing your mom, it's interesting because I, I, I picture, I picture those things in my head all the time. I really do. Like I, I do it all the time and I do it in, in a way to, to help me feel better. And that's yeah. the, that's the shitty part that I, I, I think about is just, I hate being disappointed, man. It, I'm tired of being disappointed. I'm tired of things not working out the way it's supposed to people, not supposed to people not being there. And I don't know. I, it's hard. I, and that's why it's, it's like, I, I try to refrain from asking people what it is, what's their plans, because I understand yeah. that, that feeling of, of emotion of, of how hard it can be when you think about it and, and things like that. And hopefully one day I can get, hopefully one day I, it internally I can get over this fear because I think like with any fear, I think we're all trying to overcome it or, or use it in a positive way. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that will ever end. Um, you know, it's 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 a pain I've lived with for over ten years now. Um, it, it was my fear the, the day, literally the day, I remember my papa passed away. I mean, that was the number one fear I've always had, and I I know, eventually everybody that we love, um, will be moving on to the next life, and it's hard. It's hard to think about that it's hard to think about the fact that we're going to have to give some sort of eulogy at you know our parents funerals one day or different things like that and i don't know man it's it's scary yeah. it's scary and i mean that's just it's scary and like kind of touching on on what you you had said too like the whole thing about kaiden not being able to you know feel your papa's touch and all that kind of stuff he's not gonna ever be able to witness the things that that we got to witness yeah with your papa and the things that the torture that you had to go through or the discipline that you had to go through with your papa yeah i mean just the same thing that we had talked about too in the other podcast is like the only way we can make sure that these people's legacies their lives live on is is by doing the things that they had done to us you know cooking the things that they did, saying the things that they did, um, preaching the things that they had, they had done or, or preached to us, you know? And, like, it's it's evident now because, like, the, the way that we live our lives, the way that your mom guys, your dad, you and Casey live their lives, it's 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 a way where, like, if your papa was here, your papa could just sit down in a rocking chair with his arms crossed and just watch because yeah. you guys took everything that he had taught you guys and you guys are running it through Kaiden's life right now. And like, it's scary. Like death, death itself is scary. And like what, what you said about bringing the thoughts of, of like you meeting these certain milestones and kind of like succeeding in life without these people there. It's as a mindset, it's, it's true because, you know, 
time doesn't stop for anybody and we're growing you know there's no time limit what when people ask us like where we are in life and and like how you're doing how you're progressing that's probably the most irritating question that can come up is like like where are you at now how how are you working perfect or like where you at professionally you know that's like you're trying to butt into somebody's life without them giving you the information without without them wanting to give you the information like why why would you want to know you know they if they want to know the they'll be like close enough to us to know you know if they got to ask us then they don't need to know but um the thing with all that stuff it's like we set ourselves we set ourselves up we think about the the probably the most negative scenario that we can go through just so that our lives can prosper when that event happens and honestly like it's good and bad because like I talk about it with my mom too. My mom, like I get mad when my mom talk about death, talks about death and, and her eventually going on to the next life and, and me living without her. But it's, it's a truth, you know, where no, nobody's going to be here for eternity. You know, we're all going to pass on to the next life. We're all going to be eventually living without someone um, specific or significant and it's just them kind of pre- preparing us but it's just it's also us understanding that you know everything that they had gone through to to get us to the certain point has been for a reason like they've they've busted their butts they've cried their tears they fought their battles to get us to these certain lengths in our life and with or without them they'll be happy you know they're gonna push us whether they're there or not we gotta realize that that they're kind of trying to motivate us, you know, by, by being there physically, but when they're not here physically, they kind of built us up to go forward mentally. Like all, everything ties in, in a weird, it's weird. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but like when everyone, when everything's said and done, it's like, we go through our lives with these significant people preaching, teaching, and disciplining us a certain way so that when they're gone we can preach teach and discipline the same things in our life to the people below us you know beneath us to reach to reach where we are where we were and where we want to be and and the scariest thing like nobody wants to lose anybody close you know it's always a devastating thing and there's no way to prep yourself other than possibly like what what you were saying you know like think about the the scenario of not having them but at the same time it's scary like we we don't want to do that and and we always talk about being positive but that's always a thought in the back of our our minds yeah well how much is it like like i'm even thinking about it now and maybe that's the root of it is i think maybe because we grew up with so much like so close to each other close to the family like a lot of it maybe it's like the fear of being alone like it, it's something that like we just talked about right like I think about it now. Like, I like I, I don't want to be alone. Like I don't I don't want to be alone. I want to be close to the ones I love. And and I had that sense of like when my papa passed away. Yeah, we were all there. We did our family dinners and everything. We were always there. But when we weren't at family dinners, when we weren't doing these different things, I felt alone. And for a majority of my life, when we weren't together as a family i felt alone 
like I can openly admit that now because you know I went through the trials and I'm still going through the battles, but I I've I started to get help and different things like that. Yeah. But like I felt alone. I've always felt alone in my life. I, I I felt like I was never understood. Um I felt like I could never say something to somebody. And I, I don't want to and and I and me saying that it's not saying that you know Philip John. Um, for all my family that's listening that you weren't there like you guys were always there you guys are always asking are you okay like what do you need this and things like that but if for some reason internally I always felt alone like I felt like I was isolated in a, in a, a pitch black room with no doors to go in or out for nobody to come inside and for not for me to leave out, out you know get out and I felt that for the longest time like literally for I want to say to, I mean, just till I was 21, 22 years old, I, I felt alone. Um, and even now, sometimes I, even now today, and again, I don't want to sound obnoxious or like a high horse, but like, sometimes I, I think about like, people don't understand me sometimes. Like people don't understand yeah. the way I, I approach things or the things I say or the, the, like, I, like, like, for example, you know, a lot of people my age, you know, um, they're not talking about the same things that I'm talking about. Like sometimes I don't like to, I don't like to BS around. Like I like to be me. I like to be goofy. Like I can be serious, yeah. I can be super serious, but also there's a super, like I'm weird. I definitely like, I'm weird. There's a weird side to me. We know exactly. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then you guys love me for it. But at the same time, it's like, I just don't like, it's, it's maybe it's the fear of being alone that I've, that's always kept me afraid. I think, I think it's the same thing like with John, like the whole thing about John being worried about um, not being a part of our lives. It's like, he's, he's been through places that he's felt alone too. Yeah. And he doesn't want us to feel the same. And like with John, like there's, he's, he's got it. He's independent as it gets to, he's, he's on his own path right now. He's doing his own things. And, and it's like, he's, kind of looking back and he's scared that you know one of us might might need him you know one time as as he needed us as he might need needed somebody else some some time in in uh the past but like I feel like he's concerned that you know and we're all concerned that when we're going through life somebody's too busy for our for us for our concerns for our worries for our stress and that's the scariest thing, like exactly what John was saying. He's he's scared that, you know, he's going to be looked at as the one that had missed out. But in reality, it's just him worried or you, John, worried about not being able to be there for somebody when they need it, you know. And yeah. like you, you the past month, like it obviously it was evident that it didn't matter if he was there while we were talking on or off recording. You were there, you know. And then you, it, it didn't matter if he was there while we was back home and we was kids, whether, whether he was like falling off a scooter or not, you were there. And, <laughs> and like, I think it, it's just uh, understanding and just, just believing that, you know, it doesn't matter if we're there physically, but we know we trust in each other that we're always going to be there no matter what Kobe. So like, whenever you feel lonely, like it's, it's easy to talk. Yeah. It's easy to, to tell somebody, you know, we're here, we're here for you. You can talk to us whenever you need us. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, we can never put ourselves in their shoes and realize what they're going through. So like, just, just to kind of check up, like, 
um, so one of our friends is going through a, a tough time with like a lost one in the family. So like, I won't like bug him like, oh, hey, text me. Like, you need help? I'm here. I'm here. Instead, be like, you know, I'm here. If you need to talk, I'm here. If, if you're doing good, by the way, you know, like, just let them know they're doing good. No matter what they're doing, you don't even know what's going on in their life. Just let them know, like, you know, you're doing good. I'm here if you need to talk. And that's kind of, you just let them go. If they want to talk, they'll talk, you know. Same thing with us. Like, we're talking because we want to talk. That way we don't feel alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then some people take take the whole thing of being alone differently. Like, the like for me, I love being alone sometimes. And the whole tying everything back, just listening to music, that'll make me feel good, make me feel sad, make me feel happy. Like, I won't be, like, suicidal or anything. It's just I need to reconnect with myself, understand what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, and then just kind of acknowledge accept and move forward kind of thing and then that's kind of like what we we do for each other that's what Kobe you do for me John you do for me and we it's just a circle that we do for each other and it's just understanding that you know we feel like we're alone it's good to to kind of acknowledge that that like mentally we can be kind of like individual or independent of of our own thoughts and not worry about what anybody else is thinking and think our own thoughts, feel our own feelings. But at the same time, like, you know, we got, we got each other to lean on. And it's like, it's, it's just like understanding that you're not alone. Like the whole point of this podcast, you're not alone. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here, we're talking most of the times, like sometimes we'll ramble, like right now I'm rambling. Most times we'll listen. And like, my thing is like, you know, if you're at work, if you're chilling, whatever, just listen to us talk, you know, laugh with us, um, cry with us, whatever. We're, we're here. We're, we're going to listen. Whether we're recording, okay, people that's listening, whether we're recording or not, reach out to any of us because we'll listen. We'll talk. We'll let you know whatever you need to know, whether it's good for you or not. We'll, we'll talk. So that's just the truth. Yeah. And we're here. Well, I think let's end it there. Yeah, um, this was long. I know that was a hard, I mean, that's a long, hard conversation. I think, I mean, for everybody, I think that's difficult it really is. Hey, is, shout out, shout out, shout out to the, to the person that asked the question. Yeah. Is that I, yeah. yeah. Skater, wait, wait. Skater, wait, wait. So my song of the week, because I think it's my, it's my, I think it is my yeah, turn, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's wolves by, uh, wow. Big Sean, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. By big Sean and post. <laughs> yeah. So banger. Wow. So basically, um, obviously as you guys can tell, we're all kind of, we're super family oriented. Um, we like being surrounded by good people and basically, you know, the, the song goes, I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. And then like some of the other lyrics is, I got loyalty and blood. I do anything for love and everything for us doing everything. Like everything ain't been too much. Um, and I just listened to the song. Like we talked about music. These brings up a lot of good memories. A lot of the growing up as family, the strong figures in our life that kind of taught us these, these good lessons made us into the men we are today. Um, and this is definitely one of those songs. Like if you want to play in the morning, um, it'll definitely get you energetic. You get you, maybe it yep. won't again, cause we all have our own taste in music. But no, this is my song, Wolves. 
by Big Sean featuring Post Malone. Make sure you go look up the Spoken Thoughts Raw and Uncut podcast playlist on Spotify made by Philip Madriaga. We update it weekly with all those fire songs. But until next time, y'all, we keep it real with all of you so you can keep so it you real keep with it yourself. Real. Yes, sir. This is the Spoken Thoughts Raw and Uncut podcast. Have a good one. Banzai. Banzai.